Hi there, folks. My name is Emily. And I'm Elp. And we are Oh My Word, a podcast where we discuss movies, musicals, books, TV shows, etc. for content so that you are a more informed consumer. Exactly. And then we put on our white lab coats and we pull out our microscopes and our we have a small version of the Hubble telescope and we use that to then analyze the content of what's in it for violence, language, and romance. We have a pearl clutching scale for zero to four, zero being good because that means there's none, and four being, well, there's a lot of this, so think twice before consuming. Correct. Trying to promote clean content. Clean and age-appropriate, though clean is appropriate for any age, which is great. Absolutely. Today, we're actually continuing in a series which we began two weeks ago, and this is now our third week of it, talking about trends in young adult fiction. For those of you who weren't able yet, I say yet because I know you're planning to, listen to the first episode where we talked about trends. We went pretty deep into the concept of trends and where they come from and how they're formed. And as a reminder, Elt works. She's a writer in the young adult world. So she has an insight into newer trends and how publishing works, which is helpful in these conversations. So she is on top of the trends that we see, some of which are obvious. All you have to do is walk down an aisle in Barnes & Noble and you'll see the kind of books. So some of the trends are more obvious and some have been happening for longer. Some of them are newer. But anyway, we've been talking about these different trends just to see what's popular right now. What are publishers interested in publishing? What are writers writing? And what is in the zeitgeist? Exactly. And a lot of it, especially the ones that we've been covering so far, are ones that the publishers have very specifically been looking for, agents and publishers. Part of that, I mean, there's so many different reasons to either try to create a trend or try to or try to push a certain topic. Some of it is just like, we need to have more discussion about this. So we're going to publish more books about it. We're going to have more discussion about it. Some of it is we have to normalize this. Some of this is, you know, we're not seeing people in this group are not seeing enough of themselves in literature. So we want to show them more of it whatever that's going to be. So the trends, even though you're using language like trends, trends are not specifically good or not good. You might, you might not like a trend. You might be like, okay, enough with the vampires already, which we did kind of, that's kind of waned, right? We had a big twilight craze of vampires and now we don't see that as much anymore. And then some trends, but they, they just become so entrenched, not only in publishing, but in the culture itself, or, you know, they both influence each other that it just becomes like a regular thing that it's not necessarily a trend anymore because just, it's automatic and it's been normalized within uh, publishing or within, you know, in conversation, etc. So, right. The, again, so a lot of these ones are the ones that publishers are specifically looking for, which means that, you know, they're making them trends so that I think so that they can become normalized within culture, within society. Some of these things sort of are already, there's a big push for them already. So it's kind of influencing each other. Um, so this is just what it is. And then, you know, you could decide if, if these are your books or if these are not your books, right? But you gotta, you gotta pay attention exactly. is the point. Important. That's what we're all about. Just, just pay attention, have information, and then you can make, uh, hope you'll, you know, you make good decisions and you'll find the, you know how to look for what you want to find. We hope. Exactly. So I think actually we're talking about two trends today, but one of the ones that we're talking about, I think does fall into that category of it's been a trend for a long time. You could probably say it's not even a trend anymore. Just it's like its own category. Really? Yes. Right? It just is so common in young adult fiction. And that is the trend or category, genre, really whatever you want to call it at this point, of LGBTQ stories. 
Yeah. Or queer. Just use the whole like queer category. Queer. Yeah. 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 Queer stories, main characters, plot points, all of that. Yes. And you can even look, we have, we'll give you some book titles that you can, you can check, look up so you can see that it's right here. We got this book called In Deeper Waters by F.T. Lukens. He wrote, so this is Ever After. We sort of mentioned it last time. Also, F.T. Lukens. A lot of these are, are sort of retellings and remixes or this based on this sort of thing. But Sander, you'll see there's two guys romantically looking at each other. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not a secret what's in this book. Um, right. We've got The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School, which kind of tells you right away what that one's about. That's Sonora Reyes wrote that. Um, you've got Icebreaker by A.L. I don't know how to pronounce that. Graziade? I apologize for mispronouncing that. This is like two kids are on a hockey team and they're fighting for a position, but maybe they're also fighting for each other's hearts. That you, know, mm-hmm. you have Cafe Con, um, Cafe Con Leche, Leche, Leche by Emery Lee. Leche? Leche? I think it's Yeah, it's like a fruit? Yeah, yeah, I think. And uh, here you go. I Kiss Sarah Wheeler by Casey McQuinston. Now, here's the thing about the, the queer stuff. A lot, originally, if you, if you've been in YA long enough, if you've been reading YA long enough, you do see how, I would say, especially because it started becoming more of a conversation in the culture, you do see how it slowly started to get into the books where now shelves are just dominated by it. You can walk into a bookstore mm-hmm. and there's going to be a whole YA pride section, even though I don't really understand right. the breakdown of it because sometimes I'll have a YA pride section that's got maybe four or five or six or eight, nine, ten shelves of books on it. Mm-hmm. And then if you actually know what's in other books, you could look at some of the ones in other categories and you're like, wait, I know that one's a, a queer book. I know that one's a queer book, but it's not necessarily on the YA Pride shelf. So I don't know if it's only contemporary makes it on the shelves or what, or it depends on the bookstore. Interesting. Yeah. So the biggest thing with it is that now the books that we mention, most of them, I don't remember, we just gave five or six titles. You'll see right away on the cover, most of them are actually uh, uh, two boys, like in a romantic position kind of. Mm. But there's also, there's a lot with girls also, you know, girl and girl also. Your biggest thing with this is, so again, if you look at it, you go back a couple of years, you'll have, you see how they slowly sort of started putting it in a secondary cat, um, secondary cat, um, characters started having this, or you had siblings that started having it and either it was just sort of mentioned, but it wasn't really focused on it. And then you slowly saw how books started actually to focus on it or to set up a scene where it would have to be spoken about. So instead of just kind of like throwing it out on the side, like, oh, it looked like my sister was really into whatever this girl, it started like she went to her sister. I was like, are you really into this girl? Or so I caught my sister doing whatever with this girl. And then there was always this, con- it's, it was a very brief time, but there was this conversation of, oh, do you mind? And then the answer was also, no, of course I don't mind. I just want you to be happy. Which whatever someone feels about the queer, you know, having queer and, and whatever, I don't know why they never put in the conversation of, oh, do you mind? And I was like, you know what? I, I, I have to think about this instead of an automatically, oh, I'm so happy because part of what they're doing is they're trying to give you the answer to respond to that situation, but they're also not acknowledging mm-hmm. that people will have different answers. And then that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't create conversation that just dictates what you're supposed to say. You know, I don't know. So right. People can have their own thoughts about that, but that's kind of how I took that. And then now you're at the point where it's not just that this is the, you know, it was sort of mentioned in a second ta- secondary characters. Now it's the main characters that have this and it's right there on the cover. So all mm. the ones that are on the cover, they're, they're much more recent uh, books. By the way, the queer category also will, will include trans because I remember a few years ago right. when I saw a book, I think it was something called If I Was Your Girl or something like that. It's a boy who, you know, said, oh, I'm a girl. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's unusual. Like it was different then. If I would see that book on a shelf now, I'd be like, oh, there's another one. Like, oh, of course they're putting it out now. Right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have drawn my attention the way that it did then. So it's actually a very small gap of time 
that this transition kind of occurred where it used to be a side thing and now it's a, a, an actual main thing. That's interesting how quickly that happens. I like your point about the um, the canned answer of, oh yeah, I'm fine with it as long as you're happy because you see that a lot in books or not, you see it in books, but you see it in movies and TV shows too. And it's interesting because it seems like it's going to, it could lend to an interesting character development, right? There could be some conflict between the two people. And not that that has to be the source of the conflict if the movie's about something else. But then if the movie's about something else, it's like they're almost going to make it interesting and then they don't make it interesting. Right. A lot of times by asking someone how they feel about something. Right. Well, I just, I, I really don't like the way it ignores the fact that the answer is not so simple for people. And kind of what that does is it shuts down the fact that it's not simple for people. Because, oh, if it's not so simple for you to answer like this automatically, then you're wrong. Well, that's not, right. that's not, that doesn't prove anything. That just shows that you shut someone down. And then people don't learn what a conversation like that could look like from both sides, yeah. right? From someone who says, you know, this is a little bit strange for me, but I'm your friend. So let's talk about it. And the person who says, oh, I didn't realize that this would be strange for you. Okay, let me figure out how I can still be your friend. You're right. There's, it just, all right, here we go. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic also because, you know, especially with the trans that they're trying to, they're trying to do away with this binary system. They're saying, oh, there's not only male, female, there's, I guess there's not male, not female, it'd be somewhere in between. But what part of what they do is that if you say, oh, I don't, let's say I don't want queer fiction, they're like, oh, you're a hater. And it's like, no, I'm not a hater. I just, this just doesn't appeal to me. Right. If I say that about fantasy, you have no problem with that. You're like, well, fantasy is not for everyone. If I say that about vampires, oh, that's not for everyone. I can say that about contemporary fiction. I can say that about sci-fi. I can say that about anything. Oh, it's not for everyone. But if it comes to this, you're like, oh, hater. Like, there's a lot of gradations between, look, I don't know how to deal with this right now, and, like, burning a cross on someone's lawn. You know, that... Right. Or, or stringing someone up. It's not that... And, again, part of the shutting down of that is, is just the denial of, all, of that whole gray area in between of saying, okay, you might be strong with this, but we must all be respectful toward each other, sort of thing. Right. You might whatever, but don't bully someone. Oh, I think I, I think that's a much easier thing for even someone who's struggling or someone who doesn't it doesn't fully click for them. You could say, okay, if you have something that's wrong with someone's personality, hey, it's really annoying when you do that. You're like, right. fine, we don't bully them. Okay, we can all agree, don't bully someone. That is not a good right. thing. So that's why it does when it doesn't allow for the gradations, it just it, it creates a binary system. So it's kind of ironic how that uh, how that kind of occurs. That's interesting. I just got to say one more thing about it. And this, this I've actually seen from other readers is that often you'll see that a series that was started, let's say five or six years ago, or whenever it was, you'll see a series that started a trilogy, a duology, whatever it is, or a book that for a long time, they wait for the follow-up of it. It starts off in a certain way. You have one or two books that go in one direction. Then all of a sudden in the third book, they'll bring in like the queer character. And oftentimes there's a lot of readers that will say, look, you do whatever you want in your writing, but don't try to shoehorn and like tokenize us, right? Yeah. This stuff doesn't make sense. There was no reason for it. And I remember there was just, there was one book that I was very confused by because I read the first book and it was great. And I read the second book. There was one, there was a, a guy in the book and the whole first book, he had this crush on a girl, right? Oh, and how am I supposed to deal with this? Cause he's totally crushing on me and blah, 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 whatever. In the second book, right. it switches POV. It has different uh, POVs. And all of a sudden, this other guy comes and kisses this guy, which I don't know why he thought, like, that was a thing to do, like, because it didn't seem to be any signal or invitation for it. So, you know, how is that? Not harassment or something. He goes and kisses him, and all of a sudden, this guy's now gay. And it was like, that is so dishonest to, like, what? 
And I know, like, readers, again, I don't care. Writers, you write whatever you want. That's that's the point of, of free speech, is that everyone can write whatever they want. But don't be logically dishonest in the in what you're pre- in what you're presenting. And for me personally, right. I really just don't like tokenism. It's just if someone's there, give them put them there with purpose, and don't just put them there because they're trying to check boxes off. That's that's not right. respectful either. No, very. I agree with you. It's just as possibly more disrespectful than not including it at all because that's not the story you're telling. If you're just putting someone in there because they're that, it's like, oh, this is all that person has to offer. Hooray. Right. You even, you you see that from a lot of sides of like, stop pretending like this is all there is, is that only whether or not a girl likes a girl, a boy likes a boy. Like there's something, there's like a bazillion other things to that personality. Do, do they like art? Do they sing? Do they read? Do they stay? Right. <laughs> what is it? This is it. Like what is, what a shallow character. And it's true that part of the tokenism leads to shallowness of just, you just, okay, I put it in there. I check the box and then yeah, but your character is, has no depth to them. So why do you think right. that doesn't help the cause, whatever cause or trend you're trying to push, it doesn't help it either when there's no depth to what you're doing. You know, and eventually yeah. readers are going to, they're not going to, I think that it could not be true, but I think readers eventually will reject that because readers do want depth. They want something that has a log, that there's logic to it. They want something that's, you know, not just like, oh, look, we checked all the boxes. And even though, I don't know, maybe right. some readers like that. Well, maybe that explains the trend in the uh, queer characters going from sidekicks and friends or you know yeah. side characters to the main character because you're right in a lot of when they were just the friends or the side character and then there'd be a moment like oh and my friend's gay and then they'd move on just so that yep tick the box gay friend yeah yeah exactly but the they didn't really have any substance yeah. right so now maybe making them the main characters like no these are people yes i mean it's like they're getting there because a lot of these books is still about them being right gay right but they're the main character so i guess the next step is they just are, but what we're talking about is their struggle with their mother-in-law, you know, yeah. or how they're coping with, you know, their job, right? Like, they, it's, hap- it's one thing, it's part of their personality, sure, but it's not actually the central focus because they're, I mean, I would hope that someone who's uh, queer is more complex than that thing, just like I would hope someone who's straight is more complex than just that one thing, which is why... You know, if you think of like romantic comedies when it comes to books and movies, but since we're talking about books, the ones that are more interesting are the ones where the characters are more fully fleshed out, right? As opposed to just a cookie cutter, we could put in any man or woman in here because it's just a basic rom-com. Right. So interesting characters are interesting characters. doesn't really matter anything else about them, right? Right. Well, you're also, if you want to try to save like, you know, all people are... All people have similarities or all people, you know, we have so much in common. Da, da. You're not going to show that if you don't show other parts of the, of the character. Again, do they like right. to sing? Well, I like to sing. Okay, <laughs> we can get a choir together. Yeah, or whatever it is. It just, who knows? Like, who knows right. we'll go, even though I think it's basically just going to become a regular part. YA is definitely, as much as people, you know, we have to show more representation. We have to show whatever. The push in YA has been very, very strong. And it is, and it's everywhere in YA. You can pick up any random book that even though it's about, you know, the, the main love interest might be a guy and a girl, they're going to throw in somewhere. The sister is going to casually mention a girlfriend. She's going to say, oh, I went to the baker and her wife was there. They're going to, it's going to be right. there. It's, and it's, you know, it's everywhere. In YA, it's everywhere. You're going to have to look kind of, you have to look a little bit deeper if this is not your thing and you want to find something else that doesn't have it in it. But I don't know. It's kind of like what we said last time, the way that, that so many YA authors are women. So, you know, writing strong female characters should be an automatic thing. This is, this right. is, I think you're getting this a lot in why also it's, 
I don't know that there's a battle here anymore. You know, they've pushed it so strongly that it's, yeah. it, I think it's it. I mean, it seems like it's entrenched at this point. Who knows what's going to be, but it, you know, they, they worked very hard to make it, a, to make it standard and normalized in YA. And I, I think they succeeded in that. Yeah. So that's uh, one trend that we're noticing. And then the other one is interesting because in a way it's a trend. It's a very visual trend, though I guess it probably comes up in the stories as well. But we're all told not to judge a book by its cover. But in this case, we are absolutely basing this trend. Well, at least from my perspective, Elle probably has a little bit more insight. But based off the covers and talking about representation still, representation of what body positivity yeah. Larger people. I, I don't know what exactly the... This one you could definitely... Yeah, you could definitely see this one aligning with the with the cultural push of the body positivity of, you know, love each person in whatever size they come in sort of thing. The one... Okay, here's the one thing. When, growing up, I remember when the, this, the ideal was to be so skinny that one of the biggest problems was like anorexia and bulimia. So, because right. everyone was trying, so I don't know if those are still as prevalent, those issues are as mm. prevalent with teenagers anymore. I'm sure, I would say, I'm sure there are still teenagers who deal with that just because teenagers in general have a lot of body issues in the sense that they're so uncomfortable in their skin because their body's growing, their minds are growing, and they don't know how to put all the pieces together. But we don't yeah. hear, I don't, I don't know if we're not hearing about it as much because it's not as much of a thing or, or just because they've moved on to something else. So, um, or because we're not teenagers anymore. Yeah, well, that can be. But no, so on the one end, that's it. It is good if the if the body positivity sort of thing moved us a little bit away from the anorexia. You know, you yes. don't have to be stick skinny. But I think we see that also in when when people talk about fitness and health, they're not looking at the super. I mean, you're still having the models and the actresses or whatever are still super super skinny. But I think we 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 moved away to start using language of like being healthy or you know we're looking at more right. like thin or slim versus skinny skinny. Which is yes, which is also more healthy because you see the people that are so anorexic and bulimic. That's not healthy. It doesn't matter how skinny you are; you are not healthy right now. Right. So you have that also. Even though the body positivity, I guess there's a whole other thing because people get upset about how you know if somebody's morbidly obese, you got to get them to a healthy place because morbid that word tells you right. morbidly obese tells you this is a dangerous size. But you can see even also you see this right on the covers that you see the the. The people that they're putting on the covers are not like skinny, skinny looking. They actually look like they've been flushed out a little bit. So right. sometimes you see like it actually people. bigger and sometimes it's just, they just look medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks kind of, yeah, regular almost. Like, yeah, I could, I would totally, I would see that person in the street and they would just be a person I saw on the street, not someone who I would necessarily, oh, so skinny or wow, it's a big person. Like I wouldn't, it just looks regular at this point. Right. It probably also goes along with what we were talking about in previous weeks about representation of different cultures, because in different cultures, you know, or different ethnicities, depending on where you come from in the globe, your body's going to be a little bit different. That's true. So because we're seeing a different type of person on the cover in terms of ethnicity, I think we're also seeing a little bit of a different type of person in terms of body shape and body type, because those two things go together. Yeah. Like if we, if we, for some reason we don't, but if there was a push for like Swedish authors and Swedish culture, we'd get a bunch of really tall people on the covers, right? They'd all be Vikings. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we're getting the push right now. Like the, the few that we've mentioned. So actually I'll give the names while we talk about them. So we have No Filter and Other Lies by Crystal Maldonado. 
Fat Chance Charlie Vega, also by Crystal Maldonado. There you go. And When You Get the Chance by Emma Lord. Now that one, maybe it's hard to tell actually by the character, but the other two seem to be Hispanic. Well, I mean, the author, Maldonado, that's, it's Hispanic. So that's like, that's a different look, right? Because your body does different, different kind of hair, different body shape. So it's just, it's kind of going to go together. Yeah. Well, that's also, I, I remember I heard this thing once, like in Hawaii, part of the challenge that they have in the medical community, when they're, when you, especially with, with native Hawaiians, is that for so long in the Hawaiian culture, being very fat was considered beautiful. Well, I mean, we have it in Europe also, but it's something that right. with, among native Hawaiians, the heavier you are, that, that's beauty. Right. And a lot of the health care, the health, uh, the medical community was having a hard time saying, if you get to a certain weight, you got to come in for a checkup to make sure you're healthy or you got to come in to make right. sure you're not getting diabetes or something like that. It, they had to, it was almost, it might even still be going on, but it's like teaching a new mindset of, you know, you got to take care of yourself. Or you got to watch yourself because, you know, then you'll have a better quality of life or, you know, that way we could treat if something comes up or something like that. It is very culturally it's not just a matter of like, oh, we have to love everybody as they are and we can't tell anybody to go on a diet and no body shaming. But it is it, it is definitely very culturally relevant. And I remember when I was on a subway once in New York and someone was reading, I think it was kind of like a hip-hop magazine. Or it seemed like a, a magazine that was aimed toward the black community. And the reason for that is because on the ad in the back, it was showing, the, it was like an ad for jeans and it was showing like a wider hip, like wider bottom jeans. And it was, it wasn't like, oh, if you're too big, wear these jeans. It was just like, hey, check out the jeans kind of thing. Because there, right. it is a, you know, I'm, I'm not going to paint a broad brush, but it is often a thing that especially, um, in certain communities, you know, have, being bottom heavy or having, um, I guess you could just say a big butt is considered also something that like, that's attractive, right? Right. For some people, yes, and some people know, but that is definitely something that different cultures will have obviously different standards of beauty different things that, that the men of those cultures are attracted to. It's all, it's, it's a little stereotypical, but it's not without basis. Right. And I'm always have a little bit of two minds with the whole body positivity thing, but, and I haven't, we haven't read these books yet. We're just looking at trends. So we haven't looked into the books deeply, but I could see sort of like what you were talking about with the anorexia thing being an issue for teens. I could see books for teenagers talking about, accepting your body or at least not not feeling like you have to fit into a certain mold right. being healthy for teenagers i mean i think you could even say that you know with certain kinds of hair or wearing glasses or wearing braces you know it doesn't even have to be just about i mean i think body positivity all, often or maybe always is about weight but when you're a teen you're not just thinking about your weight you're thinking about everything that's going on how you dress and again glasses braces you know do you wear earrings do you wear sneakers do you wear flats like there's so many different things so there there could actually be a positivity in teens reading books about people who look a little bit different from everyone else around them and you know accept it or at least even if you don't want to accept it's okay to want to you know get more fit or be in shape i mean I've, you know you could be thin but still be in bad shape so you know right. health is kind of a separate thing but to at least read about other people and be like oh you know what i'm 16 my body's changing and it's going to continue changing. So it's okay that I feel a little bit uncomfortable and weird right now and that I look at everyone else and see super skinny girls, but you know, it could be that they're also feeling uncomfortable because they feel like they're too skinny. You know, their boobs aren't big enough or they're not tall enough. Their hair is too blonde. Like everyone actually has something that they're insecure about. So 
this could be a good trend. Right. Depending upon how they deal with the subject. Well, for me, it's there's two big things about it. One is that there's because the body changes so much as a teenager, it probably is good to take away the focus from you must your body must look like this. Because right. your body's you know, I know someone who yeah, in high school she was on like every diet possible. And then once she was out of high school, her body kind of like stabilized and she's you know, became like a thinner body after that because of all the right. changes. And some people are very chunky as kids and they slim down as teenagers. And some people are kind of chunky as teenagers and they kind of slim down after that, again, because the body's changing. So right. that's, I, I do, it is good, I think, to kind of draw the tension away from the size of the body, but only if there's also an emphasis on, on promoting, I think, an active lifestyle. As in, you don't have to be an athlete, you don't have to be whatever, but you got to be someone who can walk a mile without getting in a breath. You got to be able to run up the steps without getting in a breath. And I don't want to say in those specific terms, because not to set a standard, but like, hey, let's go on a walk right now. That is good for us to go outside and get fresh air. But you also want teenagers. Right. If not, they're going to sit on their phone the whole day. They're going to sit playing games the whole day. <laughs> right? So I yeah, I think that if that's there of like, okay, look, right now your body's changing. So, you know, it's going to go through different things. But what we can do is we can make sure that we're keeping it healthy. We've got to keep our muscles moving. You know, we're not made for sitting all day and doing nothing. So let's go outside a little bit. Let's go on a hike somewhere. It's okay if it's not super intense. We don't have to race everything, you know, or let's go on a rowboat. If you like rowboating, if you want to go on a bike ride, I think that is a, I would like to, that's for me, I would like to see it come along with that. Especially because someone could be skinny and be like 95% fat if they have no muscle. <laughs> so, right. you know, just, I think just promoting just basic movement, I guess you could say. Not a healthy life, but you can say active lifestyle, but also just healthy movement. I think, I think is a good thing to make sure it aligns with that, you know, because I think they yeah. do have to go hand in hand. You got to keep your body's got to move to stay healthy. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see? Because now it's a, it's a few books that are starting to have this, but even as the conversation is, is becoming more according to what kind of resistance it faces, we'll see. I guess we'll see where it goes. Right. So that's our trends discussion for this week. Now we talked about queer trend or really at this point queer genre practically and then this trend of uh, more body positivity on the covers but then also as central to the story characters who are grappling with their bodies but it was being fat right i mean (laughs) so far the ones we've seen right but it's not we're not seeing girls who are too skinny dreaming of being bigger at this point the books are about girls who are big dealing with being big yeah so you remember dumpling remember we spoke about dumpling oh yeah, yeah yeah so uh thanks for coming along with us on this ride through trends it's something new but it's exciting to try something new and also to be on top of what's happening in the ya world which is really our focus on this podcast even though we talk about other genres we really always come back to ya books especially so we hope you enjoyed and We'll do this again, right? Yeah, well, well, we'll keep our finger to the wind and we'll see what comes up. We'll just, we'll, we'll keep monitoring, exactly. monitoring with our small Hubble telescope. We'll keep monitoring. Yes, and we'll keep you informed as we always do because that's what we're about, keeping you informed. So thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Cheers, peoples! Oh My Word podcast is brought to you by the Pearl Clutching Basement Dwellers at Oh My Word. Follow us on Instagram for updates at Oh My Word podcast or like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For full episode notes and details, visit eltenabam.com. Music is by Tim Berg. See you next time.